Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode of Enough About Me is brought to you by our friends, my good friends over there at the store for men, whether you go to the South Shore Mall, Braintree there at the Plaza, or you go to Chestnut Hill where I go, they're going to outfit. You got a lot of weddings this summer? Fine. You get a suit. It'll be fantastic. You're going to get two suits, uh, two suit for one deal. I think they have that going right now. I could be wrong. Milton's will text me and correct me or email me, and I'll come on the air and correct that again. But what Milton's has done, obviously, is listen, you want to get outfitted completely for the spring and the summer with casual wear. It is fantastic. I think for years they've had this reputation as like a suit-only place. Absolutely not the case. I'm telling you that right now. Go in there, and I, you will absolutely be proven wrong. Fantastic. Great service. If a person who doesn't know anything about clothes like me, they'll walk you through it. You walk up. Absolutely good deals. You cannot go wrong. Milton's is the store for men. I'm thrilled. They are the official sponsor of the Enough About Me podcast. You cannot go wrong at Milton's. The store for men, Social Plaza, Braintree, and Chestnut Hill Square, Chestnut Hill. All right, we are back. Enough About Me, episode something. I don't know what it is. We were originally... Going to, all right, so this is what it's going to be basically is the anatomy of a disaster. There's nobody really specifically at fault in a weird way, but I find these things interesting. And I figured, uh, as opposed to just shoving a shitty, like 11, how long is the interview? 13 minutes. 13 minute interview in at the, uh, and now you sound weird, Ben. I do sound weird. You're better now a little bit. All right. As opposed to a shitty 13 minute interview with Kareem Abdul Jabbar, uh, which we could, I could have talked for like 10 minutes before and then thrown it out there, I figured it would sort of go almost a director's cut of what went wrong, like a disaster, which. Again, a big picture, not a big deal. Nobody really specifically to blame. Like, I wouldn't blame me or you, or certainly not Jabbar. It wasn't his fault. Is the, the people he works with, maybe a little bit. Um, it's the guy who sets up the tour. That's who the problem right, is with. Right. You know, I set it up through the publicist. They're like, sure, 30 minutes, that sounds great. And then the guy who sets up the tour is like, 10 minutes. I'm like, no, we agreed to 30. Well, that's the problem. So when I do these things, you know... Like, we've done this before in the past, and again, you sound sort of, maybe it'll sound fine when we're doing the podcast now, it just sounds weird to me. It's probably my headphones. Um, we've done this in the past, you know, with a lot of authors, or, or sort of celebrities, whatever, it's Duchovny or who, Artie or whoever, and you say, you know, this guy's got 25 minutes. When you say that to me, I think in the back of my head, 20, 25 minutes, okay, I can stretch that out to 30 35, and then if we bullshit for 10 minutes before we have a podcast, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you told me, Kareem, originally it was 30 minutes. Uh, and then it got switched to like 20 or 25. I was still thinking in the back of my head, I actually think I might get a decent groove with this guy. We might be able to go a couple minutes. You know, I, I didn't think the demand was going to be that high because he's been pumping the book out for a while. So I'm thinking in my head, you know, I can have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I think one of the five best players in history, racial stuff going on in Boston. Well, Celtics e- Lakers. Easy on the uh, boring basketball talk. Easy. True. I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, Celtics Lakers in the 80s, all that shit, you know, with Kareem, and then we could we could kind of go. But we wound up getting interrupted 11 minutes in, and we hadn't really, we didn't really connect great at all. We were doing okay, but not great. And so I, I kind of think, you know, this happens a lot. So I kind of wanted you, instead of, instead of playing the interview, kind of stopping it and letting you know what's going on in my head during the process. Uh, and so we'll do that. And like I said, it was the interview itself is kind of shit, and it's my fault more than Kareem's. I mean, I just 
wasn't I, I in the back of my head I knew I was going to get the hook. And when you get the hook, you just can't get comfortable. And I, you know, in the future, I think we I think we have to say, listen, we it's a half hour or nothing. Fuck it. I mean, I'm not going to do 12 minutes with somebody. Well, like Mikhail. Mikhail was a good example of right. They're like, you got 20 minutes, and you pushed it to about 40. You did a good right. job with it, and he was engaged with it, so it ended up coming out fairly well. And we had Kate and Harry. They were and the breakout stars of that. They podcast. were the stars, and they ruined Star Wars for me. But that's, that's true. Neither here nor there. Hey, we should bring them in for this one, maybe. So it's Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Uh, his book is Coach Wooden and Me. It's like a 50 year relationship with John Wooden. Uh, I start off. Well, we'll, we'll play the sound. Let's, you want, we want to go right from the start right here. So we're going to kind of interrupt here uh, and get your thoughts and my thoughts. And again, I'm hearing you strange. Is it me or no? You, you, you sound okay? It is you. Okay. I, I can't hear anything, actually. So, I oh, no so you have no idea then. It sounds, uh, I don't know, whatever. You'll fix it. You'll fix it. And, and, and we call it the post-production. So here's uh, Kareem, two of the greats, really, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Kirk Minahan. All right, my guest this week is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. His book, Coach Wooden and Me, is 50-year friendship uh, on and off the court with John Wooden. Uh, Kareem, first of all, thanks a lot for uh, joining me here uh, on Enough About Me. I guess my first question would be, we'll get to the book in a second. Uh, I got through about, we got sent here yesterday. I'm halfway through. This all right, great. stop, stop, I have stop, to ask, stop. That's lie number one, right? The book was not sent to us. No. I was not halfway through. So when I have a, here's a little hint. A little they tip. sent the book like three days later, by the way. Oh, we have it now? Good. Yeah. Why don't you sit down and read <laughs> we'll Kareem oh, I gave it the, away. I knew you didn't oh, want you. it, so I gave it away. So that's that's a tip if you're listening, if you're a uh, subscriber, which I would love for you to do if you don't do that right now, go and subscribe. Uh, when I tell somebody I'm halfway through the book or I really like the book, that means I don't have the book or I thought the book sucked. The book may be great. I never had it. But I'm not going to sit there to Kareem and say, you know, I don't have the book yet. You're, you people, Your people fucked us over. I don't think it's a great way to start it, right? No, no, I mean, it's probably going to put you on a bad path with him. Right. And I've always heard Kareem's kind of a famous grump. So I thought, let's let's try and grease the skids here. I'll be curious to see what you guys think of this first question. I, I thought it was a good move, but I don't know. We'll keep going. Halfway through, that's great. I have to ask, though, I'm flipping around last night. Airplane shows up on Stars. It's one of those movies. When, it's one of my favorites. It's one of the great comedies of all time. But when you first saw the script for Airplane, did you get it? Did right. you under- Stop. Okay. Good question, right? I think. So you're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You've never been in movies before. You know, you were with Bruce Lee or whatever, but you're not an actor. You're kind of famous for not being a comedian. And you get these scri- airplanes. You've seen Airplane, right? Love it. Right. Absolutely love it. But can you imagine having never seen it and actually seeing the script in front of you? It, it, it wouldn't make any sense. A movie like that's never been made before at that time. No, you look at the jokes like uh, Ted Stryker's got a drinking problem and he splashes water in his face. Right. If you read that, it's not right. funny at all. Right. Does it, right. It doesn't read funny. So I'm thinking... Maybe this will loosen Kareem up. By the way, of course, I did not see Airplane the night before. That's too big a coincidence, I thought, of the question. But I'm not going to say that to him. So, uh, Kareem, I'm a little nervous after this first answer. Let's hear what the uh, six-time MVP had to say. Did you understand what it was, what it was going to be? Yeah, I did. Yeah? I mean, you got the – because it's it's something – it's <laughs> oh, more boy. of a visual, isn't it? No, or – I mean, you you understood the that sort of sense of humor right from the start, huh? Yeah, and, you know, it really it gave me a uh... – an opportunity to poke fun at my image. Uh, it needed to lighten up. Yeah. Yeah, because it was right, cause there's always that thing about you, which, you know, when you read about you, I saw that documentary on HBO. I think it's probably unfair, right? Sort of this idea that you're super serious, so you go and do that, and it sort of flip it, flips a switch, I guess. Yeah, it, did, and it gave me a, an opportunity to, to turn that on its head and let people laugh about it and, you know, hopefully break out of that. And, you know, we were really very fortunate to, at that point, to start winning. Um, it was like that that was the entree for uh, Magic to follow in, and we started winning, and uh, it all made sense. 
Is there a point, though, when you're being carried out of the plane in your goggles and your shirt and your shorts, you're thinking, is, is this, is this going to work? Is this absolutely the right move? I mean, it's, it's obviously one of the great scenes of the movie. Yeah, well, I thought about it, and I thought it was funny. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, it's not like you can tell the, the director, you know, I don't like this part of the script. Uh, right, the, right. You know, that's not going to work. <laughs> Here's a question. But, you know, it, it, uh, it, it was a funny uh, scene, and, it, and really, I, I Stop it real quick, Ben. <clears throat> Sorry. One of the things here, doing an interview is, is now you may or may not know if you're listening over the phone versus in person. It's just it's just a different universe. And Kareem is one of those guys. I having talked to him for 11 minutes of my life. He's a pauser. So when you're on the phone with a pauser, your natural instinct is to he's done. So you're going to jump in and ask a question. So if you listen to the rest of this interview, which will not take long, I struggled with that sort of throughout. So when you hear me say, yeah, that happens a lot. If I'm in the room with him. Say, I'm trying to think of somebody we've done that with who does that. I don't know. But, you know, if you're in the room with somebody and you pause, you know they're pausing versus uh, they're done talking. I definitely, you know. Howie. Howie would have been in yeah, an example was a over the phone right. you kind of would have been uh, jumping. Right. I, you can tell you're getting frustrated with it through no fault of yours. But he's not being his. In, in fairness to him, like that first answer, he was kind of, I thought, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is this is, guy's going to be a dick. But he was actually pretty good about it. And I asked him a question here and I get, a, I think, a decent answer uh, coming up. But I, I'm that, that's the one thing. On the, you know, we, there's nothing you can do about it. I, I don't know. We've done how many? About 60? Just about 60, yeah. Would you say half and half or no? What do you mean half and half? Half and half in on the phone or in the studio. Oh, probably more on the phone. Yeah, and it's I, I think the best ones generally have been in person. I think. Well, a- absolutely. I mean, Artie, which was a great Yeah, that was great. Interview would have been so much better. If you guys were face to face for that, right? Which I hope we can do eventually. I mean, obviously, like Dykes trip, but that's different. I mean, that that was that was wild. But I think like the good long, you know, sit downs back and forth. I think are just, it's just. I mean, you know, the, the radio guys will tell you this. The other guys, it's just easier in person. It just is. All right, here we go. I thought it was well done and uh, a great comedy, and I can always brag that uh, the movies that I have been in have done much better. Than any movie that Shaquille has been in. Well, that's definitely true. Yes, I think I take Airplane over Steel uh, any day of the week. Uh, was was that was that a fair criticism of you at the time, though? That you were too serious, that you were dour. Was that your own fault, or was that a myth? That was that was my fault, and you know, it, it had a little bit to do. You know, when I was at UCLA, Coach Wooden thought that the, the press was a nuisance at times and told us not. He minimized our contact with them, and. Uh, you know, it kind of got me into a, a frame of mind where I treated them with, uh, uh, you know, suspicion. And, and that's not good for somebody in my position who has to work with them. And, you know, it, I, I paid for that. I, it, it definitely affected me, and I paid for it. See, I think, that, that's, I think that's that's a good answer, I think, by Jabbar right there. I did not expect that. You know, I, he said, okay, yeah, I was kind of a dick. It's because of Wooden. I do think he's kind of saying, all right, let's get to the fucking book, dummy. You've asked five questions about Airplane now. But isn't which that is about okay. the book? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that's why he went to Wooden there. I oh, think he's okay. he's not he's not stupid. He's saying, "All right, give me the airplane." But I could I could have talked to Cream about the airplane for 45 minutes. It may never might not have been good. Like I don't get the sense that he's like watched the airplane in his life when I talked to him about it. But that's okay. Like he you know he seems to me like having seen knowing the Cream's an airplane. Like does he seem like any less serious after that now to you? He's still a fucking really serious guy. 
No, and that's why I thought it would actually be a really good interview because he's he's serious, but he's very thoughtful yeah. in how he answers. You hear him; he takes a second, thinks about, right. composes himself, and goes. That's why I thought you guys were going to have a fascinating interview. And at points, it is very fascinating. Yeah, I think we have a chance if we could do it again. But yeah, so so we we move on here. And now I would I would call this now. I I think I, I haven't listened to the interview since. I think Cream is saying to me. All right, get to Wooden. I don't know what's coming up next. My guess is I'm getting to Wooden here, which to me is sort of like, all right, let's just check in. That's the shitty Wooden question because the book. So when you do something like this, you have an author on, um, unless it's a guy like uh, Michael Finkel who we had on uh, about a month ago where I read the book and I'm interested in the book. He's on because of the book. Like when David Duchovny comes on to promote his music, you got to ask him a couple of questions, although nobody gives a shit all due respect about David Duchovny's music. You want to get to the X-Files and Twin Peaks and Larry Sanders and all that stuff, but you have to float them two or three questions. Which, Ben, is fine if I have cream for 35 minutes, mm-hmm. but if I have him for 15, I, no, nobody who's listening to this cares about his fucking book about John Wooden. And if you had enough time to read the book. So then yeah, you maybe, pull maybe. what you think are interesting right. nuggets that right. you think the audience might be into. Yes, that's, yeah, if I, yeah, right, two or three things. So we didn't, get, I didn't, we didn't get to that. So if you hear me ask these questions about Wooden, if you hear me reference the book, no, it is fucking total bullshit. Here we go. Isn't there, isn't it? Correct in some sense, though, to treat the media with some suspicion, particularly if you're an athlete. I mean, that is part of their job to sort of poke holes in you. I mean, it's, it should be. I mean, if you were going to, you know, give advice to a younger guy entering the NBA now, wouldn't you say to some level there should be some suspicion of the media, particularly today? Uh, I think you should take care. Yeah, uh, you don't have to be suspicious, but yeah, you, at all times it's it's wise to to, to watch your back. What uh, uh, that that's just common sense. Have you spoken to Lonzo Ball at all? No, I haven't. No, what would what would coach nope. wouldn't what would coach wouldn't think of Levar Ball? Uh, I don't think uh, any coach would would appreciate uh, someone on the sidelines uh, injecting himself into uh, the situation like that. You know, that's uh, I think it's very unfortunate. When did this all start? But, uh, uh, you know, I, Yep. See, the, the little, 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 see, little miscommunication right there. I'm going to take the blame on that one. I, I got. I'm too stupid. I got to know by now. The guy's pausing. When he gives you a really long pause, you can fucking open your mouth. But not me. I got to start talking. Lonzo has an opportunity to to go play professional basketball. That that seems to be what he wants to do. Let's uh, let's let him do that. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, it's it's a different world. But I mean, when you were a freshman in college, you didn't play varsity basketball. You famously, of course, beat the varsity. Then you played three years, won the title all three years. Was that a good thing in retrospect? I mean, if you could be the commissioner of the NCA of basketball in general, would you do that? Would you say, freshman, you know, you've got to sit this one out? That would be a shitty question, by the way. If anyone's paying attention, if you if you're in your car right now, ranking the questions that suck, that is a fucking dog shit. Like I don't have anything to ask. What the fuck? I want to get to race question. What a terrible, what a terrible fucking question. No, I wouldn't do that. But I would, uh, you know, make sure that the people that went to college actually belong there. You know, the the guys who are not academically qualified or not interested in academics who are in college, they don't belong there. I was a and, uh, oh good who are qualified Christ, to go. I'm a fucking I think, dummy. You know? I was a uh, a seven two seven three kid from New York from Harlem area wind up at the University of California Los Angeles. I mean back then and I could be wrong. It seems to me a cross country you know high school to college move was more rare then than it would be now. Maybe I'm misspeaking, but that seems right. Oh no no it, it was rare, but I I followed some other guys. Uh, Kenny Washington was from uh, Beaufort, uh, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Walt Hazard is mm-hmm. from yeah, me, uh, Philadelphia. No, no, he was talking about. Uh, yeah, you know, there was, Coach Wooden uh, went far and wide to to get uh, good ball players, 
and um, you know they they came from all over the place. What's what's the recruiting process from a John Wooden like? How how does that work for for Luel Sindor? You know, all those years ago. Well, for me, um, they didn't have to recruit me because UCLA won the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. uh, my junior and senior year. Well, hold on, one second, one second. So, like, you know, okay, I understand that, but this is at the time the most prized after high school basketball player in the history of America. I understand UCLA won the title the year before. Who won the NCAA tournament this year in basketball? I don't even remember. Jesus Christ. Who won? Who won? Who won the tournament this year? Oh, not Kentucky. Who won the championship? You had Carolina won. <laughs> so, like, if you're, if, if you're a top recruit, like, I understand the world's different now, but, like, if you're a top recruit, you would say, I, I, no, I, I just went there because they won last year. It doesn't work that way. No. No, anyway. Sorry. I should have said that. I, I'm not going to interrupt the guy. I'm doing enough of that. Sorry. Go ahead. Go. So I watched them play, and that's what that was my incentive to go there. I liked the way they played. Uh, I had spent my, my high school years watching the Bill Russell's Boston Celtics, so I could identify the DNA of, of, a, of a great team. And... Uh, UCLA was all of that. I, I wanted to play for a guy who could coach a, a, a team like that. When I when I read the book, though, Wooden does make a trip to your house to convince your parents that it's okay for you to go across the country, right? <laughs> Time out. That is a, of course, something I looked up when I Googled it. I did not read the book, but that now sounds like, Ben, I read the book, right? You're thinking, oh, this guy when read the book. When you read the book. Yes. yes. When I read the book, uh, Kareem, I was interested that John Wooden came to your house. As I'm in, I'm, while I'm doing that, I have the phone in my hand doing a Google search on the book for stories. So Kareem is now thinking, this guy is really on top of things. This is a really well-researched, intelligent author I'm having a com- uh, host I'm having a conversation with. Well, he, my parents wanted to meet Coach. They, they weren't going to force me to go to any particular school. It was my choice. They let me have my choice, but they wanted to meet the coach and see, you know, who was going to be dealing with their son. So he, he made a trip uh, just to confirm everything. And uh, my parents uh, were impressed with coach, and uh, there was never any issues. How would you compare Wooden to, say, any other coach you ever had? I mean, does he compare in any way to O'Reilly? Does he compare in any way to the guys Bounce you had back in the shitty question? Or I like that. Completely coach different. wouldn't have compared to anybody else because he, he, winning basketball games was not his preference. I mean, not, I'm not going to say it wasn't his preference, but that wasn't the first thing that he talked to us about. Mm-hmm. He wanted us to learn how to become uh, good citizens, uh, good, good fathers, good husbands. And he wanted us to get an education, and along the way we were going to learn something about hoops. Uh, <laughs> of course, all of that seemed to work out just perfectly, but uh, you know, that, that's, that's what he was trying to put together. And he would let you, if you have you know, freedom of thought, freedom of expression, if you thought the times were changing, if you thought things were wrong, was he okay with you speaking out about that? Absolutely, he was okay, but he would test you. He, he would question your logic and, and your and your motivation and your purpose just to see, uh, you know, what was going on in your head. And if uh, you were you were walking it like you talked to me, Coach Wooden would, would, would test you like that. Were you, uh, were you afraid of him ever? Or was he a coach that you were afraid of? Or I mean, we are in full boring mode right now. I, I will fully admit that. I'm sort of in this weird spot where I'm thinking, okay, I feel like I know we're going to get the pull here at any moment, and we're not going to be able to have a long conversation. We're not going to click. So I'm kind of killing time here thinking, can I get somehow to 20, 25 minutes? I am in total four corners mode here. Just spread it out and see if I can ask some shitty wooden questions and get some long answers. So 
continue to listen to this terrible back and forth. Were you uh, were you afraid of him ever? Was he a coach you were afraid of or no? No, no. no. He he wasn't the type of person that you would become afraid of. He uh, he uh, questioned you on the basis of logic and and uh, <laughs> and common sense. He's, hey Ben, so in this like, so you might know this better than me. So is Kareem just handed a phone? Like, is this guy in the room with him, or is it is he somewhere? I'm somewhere else, and the guy is also somewhere else. Sometimes they are in the room with them. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they'll call you and be like, "Hey, can you wrap this up? I'm sitting next to him. Like, wrap it up." Right. In this case, uh, which I actually edited out, and I can put back in later. Uh, he's clearly in the room with him. Right. I thought so because he kind of jumps in. And do you think he just takes the phone from Kareem, or is he? Well, he just kind of gives him the signal. We got to go. Stop okay. this now. All right. Go ahead. That was absolutely what he was about. And how much did you interact with him, say, during your professional career? How often would you talk to him, say, given the, in a Lakers season? How often would you reach out and see him or talk to him? Or Nobody was it just gives a shit. Infrequent, stupid fuck. No, I didn't. I mean, you know, while I was in, oh, I was wondering about how many times John Wooden and Kareem hung out in 1983. What a dumb fucking Mike Manansky question that is. Jesus, not to throw him under the bus, but let's be fair. Uh, he retired. Um, mm-hmm right before I got traded to the Lakers. So when I came back out, uh, he, he was no longer coaching. I, I was in touch with him, but I, I didn't see him frequently because I was still playing. And then after that, um, you know, uh, once I my NBA career finished, that's when it started to happen where the friendship started to blossom. And, we, you know, Coach Wooden's wife died and he was alone. And he needed uh, his family, you know, the, the guys that he had coached and, you know, his, his extended family. He needed us. And uh, we were there for him. And, you know, in, in those circumstances, my friendship with him uh, grew. What, what, if, you, if you had to pick the thing that made him, I mean, it's hard to pick one, I know. But if you said, what's the one thing that made John Wooden different or the best coach who ever lived? What's the, what's the one thing that you would pinpoint? Is there anything or is that too, too simple a question? I think that's too simple a question because there's a lot of things that make great. Yeah. You know? But, you know, what he did, what he knew about the game was <clears throat> exceptional. But uh, what he gave us in terms of life lesson was, you know, that, that that's very precious to us and it has nothing to do with hoops. You know, it was about life lesson. He just used hoops as a metaphor to, to get our attention and teach us. This is uh, How many books is this for you now? That's a 12 or 13. 12 or 13, and it's an experience. I mean, you know, writing, listen, writing is difficult. When you, when you, you know, get in front of a blank piece of paper, a blank computer screen, it's work. I mean, is this a process that you enjoy? Is it something you feel you've almost become addicted to? You feel like you have to do it? Is it freeing for you? I mean, there's not a lot of, let's be honest, six-time MVPs who are out there banging out books uh, left and right. I mean, is it is it something that you enjoy as much as playing? I think that's a good, that's a good question, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I don't think that's a terrible question. Not bad, right? He doesn't hear that ever. No, probably never. No one ever probably talks to him about his actual writing style, which right. is what you're looking for. Okay, you're, so you're looking to connect with him I need, on I need a different a, level. I need a back rub here because this, this sucked the last like five minutes. So I got I to get. I, that's a good question, right? Just tell me it's a good question. It's a great question. Great. Let's good job. Answer. Thank you. It's Jim different, answer. but I enjoy it. Yeah. Each book is like you know a child. You know, <laughs> send it out into the world. Some people think it's a cute child, and some people think. Uh, Get rid of that kid, you know. So you just uh, have to. That that takes a lot of nerve. I, I've always admired authors for that reason, you know, because um, you know, if, especially authors who write fiction, because 
nonfiction, if you, if you have your facts right and you don't make a fool of yourself uh, with, with crazy uh, hypotheses and stuff, um, you can you can get by. But uh, if, you, if you write fiction, uh, even if you know your, your craft and you write well, uh, you can be a, a terrible storyteller, and, and people are going to let you know about it. So I, I've always admired that kind of courage. You know, recently, and obviously, I, well, I, not obviously for you, but I've lived here my whole life, but recently sort of it's been uh, reignited the discussion of race in Boston. Adam Jones, the Orioles outfielder, uh, others have talked about uh, Boston being a racist city. Obviously, you played here forever. You played in a million big games here. Did you experience racism? I lived there for one summer. You did? When was the, what summer was that? Uh, summer 72, I, I went to Harvard Summer School. Oh, oh right, okay, yes. And that, what was your experience of Boston then and as a player? Did you feel it to be, uh, I, I guess the best term I can use is more racist than other cities or, or no? No, I, I didn't. Of course, I, I was kind of in a bubble. I, you know, I was right. so caught up in going to class and doing the stuff I had to do at, at school. I, I really didn't get into the, you know, the fabric of the city. The only thing I remember was, uh, uh, Kirby Puckett, um, complained about, uh, the, uh, attitudes of, of people. Now this there. is where you treat, hold on, this is where you treat, you know, a guest, I guess, or a famous person, I suppose, differently than a caller. If a caller came and said Kirby Puckett, I would say this fucking a quarter century ago, like we'd yell at the guy. Kareem, I guess you just let talk and he'll bring up Bill Russell, I'm sure. And, you know, be a shitting in his house and all that stuff. The uh, attitudes of, of people there, and didn't want to be traded there. I, I, re I remember that. That's the only thing I remember having to do uh, with with baseball player. And then, of course, Bill Russell. You know, they mm -hmm. people uh, vandalized his house. They broke into his house, and you know, uh, just uh, right, terribly yeah. destroyed his house. Right. For, uh, you know, that type of hostility. I, I I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And that's it, right? We yeah, to, just after that is when he goes, I, I got to go and right. clicks. Now, so that happened, and Paul, you weren't here. I think you were when you were away. So I was Paul, in South Carolina. Paul came in, uh, and he said, do you think it's because you were talking about race? And somebody else said that, too. I actually don't think it is. Cream's written books about it. He tweets about it. I really don't think that was the case. I think he would have talked far longer about that than any other subject outside the book. Right, yeah. I, mean, like I, didn't, that, that was, that, I didn't think that was an issue at all. I think it was just a matter of time. He probably had 30 interviews, but, you know, it's... It's and they don't care. They think you get ten minutes. They don't know what the podcast is. They don't know that. They don't know who I am, so they don't care. But I think, you know, for us going forward, I think we just got to say to these guys, listen. Like when we say thirty minutes, we mean thirty minutes. If we can't do thirty minutes, you know, even if it's a guy we really like, we can. If individual case might be different, but you know, thanks, but no thanks. I guess right. Essentially, at that point, you're not going to be heard in New England then. Really? Yeah. I mean, who, who's going right. to pick you up in New England? Right. Outside of us. What do you mean? If you're Kareem or. Well, if you're any one of these guests pushing, if you're a publicist pushing a guest upon us, which right. happens from time to time, we basically kind of control the sports media landscape in New England. Right. I'm not talking about Boston, but right. the entire region. Because right. if you look at the ratings, we do so much better, especially you, do so much better than everyone else in the region. Right. But I also think like a guy like Kareem, and I don't blame, whatever, but like he's not going to get 25 minutes anywhere else in New England to talk about this book. Like, no. Nope. I wouldn't put him. It's the difference between the podcast and the show. Like I wouldn't put him on the show. Podcasts are the podcast is different. You know, you guys aren't going to put them on. The midday guys aren't going to put them on. So the other guys across the street aren't going to put Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. I'm sure the book's doing fine. It doesn't matter. What did you think when I told you about Kareem? I was interested because a the race issue, b you know I grew up as a big Celtics fan, Celtics Lakers stuff, and c the guy is kind of a, a mystery. He's sort of a guy you can't wrap your arms around. We all everybody talks about. 
is Jordan versus LeBron, right? Who's the best player ever? Absolutely fine conversation. Nobody ever mentions Kareem. When you talk about it, people talk about Magic. They talk about Bird. They talk about uh, Russell, Chamberlain. Jabbar won six MVPs and won six championships. He won three championships in college. You know, a lot of people, you know, 20, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, maybe, thought he was the best player ever. And they, that, he's just gone away from the argument. Nobody ever talks about him anymore. Why? Ever. I don't know, because he's a center, I think. Centers are just different. Centering because he's surly and not really yeah, media-friendly? you don't see him anymore. He's on commercials. He's just not in the mix, and Jordan's more recent, and he's just sort of been... And I don't think he's the best player ever either, but he's never talked about... Like, if you do the first-team All-NBA team in history, it's now Magic, Jordan... Uh, you know, you probably put LeBron and Bird, I guess, as the forwards now, and people put Russell as center, or they put, you know, nobody puts Kareem there, or Wilt. I'm, I'm not sure why that is, and I would, I, I was going to ask him, I'm not sure what the answer he'd give, and I did want to talk a little bit, because he doesn't talk a lot, and he might be part of this 30 for 30, for all I know, and we're trying to get the director of that on. Uh, you don't hear him talk about the, you always hear from Bird, you always hear from Magic, you hear from McHale, you hear from Ainge, you hear from Worthy and Riley, you never hear from Kareem about that, ever, and he was a massive part of it. What else would you have wanted to get into with him that you didn't have a chance? I mean, to? I think I would like to pick through the race stuff a little bit more, and then get more into the Lakers Celtics stuff, and then you know, I'd give him a, little, a couple more hits in the book, and I think we'd have been done. But I think we could have done another fifteen, twenty minutes. My thing is those eleven or twelve minutes for me felt rushed because I I could just tell you you know you could tell when the hook's coming, and when we were done. You know, normally I wouldn't have done this. I would have just said, fuck it. Like, we've done a few of those. We had, what's her face? Lisa Ann. Lisa Ann, the porn star who didn't want to talk about her career pornography. You just say, all right, well, you know, fuck you. I mean, all due respect. I mean, you know, you've, you know, chugged cock for a living for years. That's fine. You've had sex for a living. You know, fantastic. But you can't pretend you don't do it. We're not going to bring Lisa Ann on to talk about her fantasy football and her picks. Yeah, zero interest in that. That's just not the way we do it here. You know, she's she's a very nice, lovely woman. I'm glad she's doing well. But that's when you make an agreement with Lee Sand, you can have her on for 35, 40 minutes. You're talking about porn. Part it's part of the interview. One day we'll release a best of the worst of. We've had well, we haven't had too many, right? We've had two that we haven't run. How long? That Perlman was yeah. But Perlman, I think Perlman would just crapped out. Perlman, I think would have been good. Like when Perlman writes his next book, we should have him on, but have him on like a good connection. Like it was that would have been fine. Um, Gammons, we didn't run. Uh, Rich Levine, we didn't run. Is that right? Correct. So, so like four, four or five, four yeah. of them, and most of them were sort of sound. We weren't going to run this. No, we wouldn't run this. Um, so yeah, so I think you know, I think that that's sort of so that's sort of what happens is you think you have a guy on it doesn't go as long. I think the the guy Kareem's guy kind of dicked us over, and I'm sure he, the next person. Yeah, you know, and the other thing is you you know if he's ten or fifteen minutes late. Then you're always playing catch up, and then everybody gets fucked. So, you know, I, I think you know having a big star when they push out a book is tough. I don't know if we've done anybody else like that. Have we? That big like that? Like pushing out a book? I don't remember. Uh, well, Dykstra was pushing the book. That's true. That didn't run. And he's yelling at you to read the fucking book. That's true. And... That didn't go on. Um, Man, I wish he was here in person for that. That would have been very interesting to see how insane. he probably attacked me. He might have, but at the same time. There's a little bit of that telephone tough guy mentality. True. I can get a little tougher because I'm not True. looking I'm at you. On both ends, probably. I mean, and, probably. And right. he would have, if he was here, it would have been me and you in the room. What is he going to do? Right. Yeah, that's true. He's an One old, punch he's and an then it's over? crazy yeah. sort of. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So we'll see. And we're going to continue. How long have we been on for now? 30 minutes. See, look, we turned this into kind of half a podcast. Yeah. What's the state of the uh, Dale Holly and Keith show? <laughs> My favorite show. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to know specifically? I'm just curious. I, you know, how's it going? Everyone's good? 
Uh, for the most part, everyone's good. Everyone seems to think that Dale hates Rich, which is not the case at all. Sure, no. Of course it is. He never said that to me off the air. Absolutely not. He doesn't hate Rich. How about the looming presence of Kirk Minahan over that show? Is that an issue? Not for me, it's not. It's never an issue for you, like as a producer of my podcast, when I dump on your own show. The other guys, the guys don't say to you, like, what the fuck? No, not really. I think they know that they know I'm not really going to take that shit anyway. It'll just come back and then I'll just... I'll just, I'll yell back at them. I don't take their shit. Well, no, but well, but that's a legitimate, like, you know, what, what, you can't talk to this fucking I, guy? I, I think there was once or twice where it was kind of like, well, what the fuck's he doing? Are you telling him shit that is closed behind closed doors, which I've never Answers done. yes to that. I've never done that. <laughs> well, maybe once. Maybe once or twice. But, uh... I heard Holly, did you hear Holly with Carabas? No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't hear it? That. It was no. actually, it wasn't too bad. And they asked Holly about me. And I listen to him every fucking day for four well, that's hours. That's a good point. <laughs> Holly said to me, uh, said to Carabas and those guys, he said, like, Minahan's entertaining, like, it's genuine, but at some point you would think that management basically would say to this guy, stop dumping on the station product, which I thought was an unfair take. Yeah, there there are those certain conversations from time to time where it's like, okay, for example, you guys did the Battle of the Brainless, which was hilarious. Yeah, you guys should have played that. And Oh, we were going to play it. It was on our list to play. Should have been a leadoff play, though. You're probably right. We tried to go in order, which was stupid of us. We right. overthought the segment. Yes. It was mostly me and Rich overthinking the segment. But I would say us going back at you guys, like, whenever that was, yeah, it wasn't a big, that was pretty timid. Like, we were just kind of. No, like, I don't think anyone cared. Right, right. Oh, so what are you saying? No, I don't think anyone cared that you went at no, us No, but, for I, that. but, but I interrupted you. What was the... When we were going to play the Battle of the Brainless, it was going to be the last pitch. It was yeah, going yeah. to be the show closer. Right. And we've been getting the shit kicked out of us by management from time to time about getting out at 6 o'clock, making sure we're out, and don't go too past over that. And, and that's what it was. It was why, does that, why does it... Uh, it doesn't fucking matter, but yes. Why does we, the 2 to 6 show have to uh, get out on time for the 6 o'clock show. Because they're making an effort to try and raise the ratings from 6 to 7 because it's not doing as but well. But the guy who's on at 6 o'clock is never on that show. <laughs> no, he's so not. So the whole time. You're talking about Mud at Night Without Mud. The brainless wonder himself, yes. That's not Mutt's fault. I mean, the 6 to that's it's, Mutt does a fine job. No, it, it's fine. The show's fine. Whatever, that hour's fine. It's obviously not going to be as good as a 5 to 6 hour is going to be anyway in terms of ratings. Right. No matter what the content is, your 5 to 6 is going to be higher than 6 to 7 regardless. Too much basketball, though. Too much inside wonky basketball. Yeah, we talked about that today. Do you, do you disagree with that or no? No. Who, who? no I, Dale and I kind of... And, and well, I know me, Dale's with me on that one. I'm, I don't know. I'm a big I, basketball guy. So am I. But I don't like getting too far. You, you guys brought up the uh, per 36. Yeah, that that, that stuff's stupid. Well, what I was thinking of the guy in the car, right? Yeah. I'm going to give a fuck. You didn't even know what it is. Most of, yeah, exactly. Most of them right. don't know what per 36 is. So that kind of shit's taking it too far. Don't do that. You have to have more surface conversations about these topics, especially when it comes down to like basketball and hockey. <laughs> do you feel like Holly's uh, second full-time job has affected his first full-time job? I haven't seen it really affect him, at least the product, yet. Yeah. Yet. Yet? Yet. Okay. And everyone's getting along. All five of you guys are getting along. Right now? Yeah. The, the people that don't get along half the time are me and Andy. Right, well, that's, that's really what it is. It's right. us screaming at each other about something. About what? Uh, are there sides? Are there sides to this? The, uh, is are, are you a Keith guy and Andy's a Dale? I mean, is there, or is everyone's in this no, together? There, there's no division like that in the show. It, most of the arguments between Dale and Michael mm -hmm. about certain directions of content, like or what? That, um, well, for example, too much basketball. Well, I could tell Dale. I, I was listening yesterday. Uh, I got in the car and I listen all the time. You guys. I'll text the guy sometimes during the show. Not Keith, but and uh, <laughs> I don't know his phone number. Um, uh, Do you want it? No, I don't. And there was like a two or three minute stretch where I thought Keith was hosting with Holly. Literally, they were talking basketball. I was like, "Where the fuck's Dale leave?" He, 
it's like if anyone else is talking hockey with Dale, you kind of feel lost a little bit. Absolutely. And and it's not really his fault. He understands the game, but he has the responsibility for hockey all year, so he can't watch nearly as much as right. the other two can. Right. So he does kind of get lost. I try and help him out and give him some information and kind of push along, give him, give him a question so at least he's still involved. But sometimes he just, I think he just feels lost, and he's like, I don't want to be made a fool of in this segment. He doesn't hate Keefe, though. No. He likes Keefe. Yeah. I think everyone likes Keefe, except for you. I don't dislike Keefe. Keefe. No, I don't dislike Keefe. I think Keefe, <sighs> he's not an asshole. No, not at no, all. No, I, I feel like assholes are good. Sometimes. Yes. And our show needs one. Yeah, well, actually, why don't you inject, you know, bring the, would you, are you going to start using, like in the summer, we use some of the, our guys, like Reamer. Yeah. You will. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. He's an asshole. He likes, he likes asshole and he's an asshole. I, I like him. I think he is he's very good. talented. I think he. Did Keith he, like working with him the other day? He was skeptical because he'd never worked with him. He was like, what well, am I going to do? talked to him after with? or no? I haven't talked to him very much about it afterwards. Was, he was curious about what am I going to talk about with him because in the mornings it's politics and homosexuality. Right. Where am I going to go with him? Yeah, he, I could tell you he was. It's they don't know each other, so those things are always difficult. What else is going on? You are uh, the executive producer of WEI. Yep. What, is, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I am. It's right. a fact. You yeah. said it, and I thought for the program director job lost. You know that that happens in life. No, I thought to get on air and lost. Okay, okay, a lot of, a lot of losses lately. Well, a couple streak. of losses in my uh, book here. Well, this is state of the station in the eyes of the executive producer of WEI. I think everything's going in a great direction. I, I think what oh, you said. Go. Oh, shut up. I think what you said about the midday show is absolutely true. What did I say? Last two weeks ago in your mailbag. You don't even remember? Oh, that was a shot of your show. I wasn't like, I know. I don't actually I, feel that way about their show. Which would you out of your mind? I think they're a much better I'm show kidding, than they no, were. They've, they've found the And I know it was a shot of our show. <laughs> it was not. I, I, like, I like when shows. I don't get along great with those guys either. But I like when the show kind of. I remember when it happened with us, like after a while. Like when the show finds a groove, it's kind of like, okay, you know, it's just. There are things I don't. There are things I don't like about my show. There are things I don't like about their show, but they have become a good show. They weren't a good show. I don't even think like six months ago. No, but like they are now. There was too much finding finding each other and finding yeah. their way. And once Christian and Lou kind of decided, okay, our target is always at Glenn, and Glenn knows how to defend himself and fight back. It made the show much. Well, it feels like the big show better. now. It does feel a lot right. more like Glenn, the big Glenn show. can do that. I think our weekends still are very weak. Well, I don't know what I don't know what the weekends are. Like, so if I'm what I would do is. Like it's either it's either A or B. It's either you're going to set it up with a bunch of people that we know and get a set schedule. But I put on uh, the radio unless if unless the Red Sox are playing. If Sunday at four o'clock, I have no idea who's going to be on. No, I know Craig and Larry are on nine to eleven, and Trenny and Tomasi, I guess, are on at some point during the day. But like, I don't know is who's going to be Butch and Rob. Rob right? Is it going to be right? Is Giardi on today? Oh, is that Tomasi I hear? Is that uh, you know Butch or, or or whatever? And and I don't think we've done a good job. At finding, like, I think the last big talent we've unearthed at the station is me, and that was five, six years ago. Absolutely so, is you. So that's, that's, that to me is sort of an issue going forward. And Mike Salk. And Salky, that's true. It's just too big we, for us. We could bring him back. But they got to find, they got to, the weekends are a struggle right now. But say. you talked about last episode about, you know, finding that new talent. Where is that new talent? Well, I don't know. We can't discover that new talent until we put them on. So if you keep running. Butchie, and I have no problem with Butch, but either. if you keep running that, you're not going to find new people. Well, who, who who are we missing? I don't know. That's part of the problem, but you do have to discover them and give them an opportunity to I see guess, what they but, can do. But where are they? They've uh, got to be around, right? I guess. I, yeah, but you I, were around. No one knew who the fuck you were. I was writing for the website. I mean, so I was around, and I was I was working. They would just throw me in there. But there's not a lot of that going on right now. What about Reamer? Why isn't Reamer getting more time on the weekend? He should. I think he wants to. I think... 
You, you got to work with him. Give him the as many program reps. director. I think is skeptical of Reamer outside of our world. I think I understand that because in your world, you're not going to try and replicate that that too much on the weekends. Because yeah, you can't. But find out, though. Find out what he can do. And if you, if you say it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Who I cares if you. he tries for six weekend shows? Who gives a shit? That's kind of the point, isn't it? I agree with you. I oh, think you okay. should be doing that. Right. That's exactly what you should be doing, finding new people. I mean, when I first got here, Jason Wolf said some horse shit to me, which was, you know, we don't need producers that want to go on air. Well, then what the fuck is everyone doing here? True. Well, I mean, unless you want to be a producer. Like, I don't think Chris Curtis wants to be on the air. I don't think he does either, right. but Ken does. Ken does, yeah. I do. Right. I've never talked to Paul about it, but I'm sure Paul would prefer to be on air than right. be he a would producer. Suck, but yeah. Probably but like, Andy so. doesn't want to be on the air. No, he doesn't. Right. But, but at the same certain... time, you want people that are hungry. You guys have talked yeah. about this a thousand sure. times. Sure. But if you're a hungry producer who wants, like, Curtis is hungry. Like, physically. physically. Yeah, but I mean, like, he wants to please. Like, they, so, I mean, hungry for that. But yes, Ken wants more. You want more, I, that, which is great. That's fantastic. So, why don't you guys do a fucking weekend producer show? We want to. Who's we? we? Ken and I. Did you pitch it? We've talked about it. We've done it. It didn't go over. Oh, great one the first round. Time. Oh, but it sh- the role should have been reversed. Well, Ken should have led and yeah, kind of directed and right, let right. me do whatever I do, which is right. weird. Right. But I think Ken and I would do a really good job over getting some reps. We do fine together. There you go. You're making the pitch right now. And yeah, that was a number. horrible fucking pitch. There's been worse. There's been worse. There's been worse. <laughs> but Ken and I would be fine together because you have a straight man and someone who will say weird shit and doesn't care. There you go. So what do we got coming up? Enough about me. Anything to look forward to? Anything to promote? Well, we might have Mr. Jason Wolf in here next week. Really? Yeah. Okay. That might be interesting because we we don't get along that great right now. We've had some ups and downs. It's hard to believe my boss and I have had some ups and downs, my old boss, over the last four or five years. When's the last time you saw him? Did you see him at the wake? Is that where he showed up? I don't think he went. I know he's at Jerry's. He's at Jerry's. I didn't see him there. Uh, no, we've talked. We texted me. We talked. We used to talk a little bit. And then I think I made fun. He's one of the, you know, he's one. I made fun of him on the air a couple of times. And I don't think he liked it. And he got sensitive about yeah, it. I mean, what the fuck? He should know about it. He's been taking shit for years. So I think he took, and I think he's kind of team Dino, which I understand because listen, I mean, he made a lot of money with John. I get that. John, John was probably a humongous pain in his ass. Oh, I know, but I understand that loyalty. I, I get that. But Wolf will be good. I would be absolutely down for that interview. How about that 30 for 30 director? Jonathan Hawk? He's yes. going to do it. Okay. We're just so waiting to him lined up. Yep, we're just waiting to figure out which right. day he can So do we're, we're going to be back in business here. The next interview I do in two weeks when it's on is actually going to be a full interview. I'm not going to have to interrupt it, Ben and I, during it. It's actually going to work. Ben's checking his phone right now because it's 2.15. He's got to go in there and listen to that Tristan Thompson talk and take those calls on uh, <laughs> on per 36, right? Yep, absolutely. I, we can go for another 30 if you want. No, that's uh, you go back in there and deal with it. All right, we'll be back in uh, two weeks. Enough about me with, I guess, right now I'm going to say Jason Wolf. I don't know that. You feel like that's confident? You have a hard date for that or no? No, hard date, no. Uh, he told me to check in with him Friday to figure out which day would work for him. All right, sounds good. All right, we'll see you soon. Thanks again for listening to the Enough About Me podcast. Actually, you know what? I'm really not thankful at all. You should be thanking me. You get this shit every week. These great podcasts, totally free. Do me a favor. Would you go to iTunes, download it, go to Stitcher, do the same, and leave a rating, leave a review. That's where you can help me out. This podcast is going to be number one again. I guarantee it. And you're going to help me along with the process. So for that, I guess at the end, maybe I will thank you. There's a lot of thank yous going back and forth. Here's the point. Fuck you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.